What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So I was just like, I'm leaving. He was like, no, you're not leaving. I was like, yeah, I am. He was like, you can. I was like, I'm done. I was, he was like, what are you going to do? I'm do my own thing. And he was like, so you got so you got another job? I am my job. <laughs> <laughs> but I had already had my own clients at that time because I was only leading ladies. Like I was already yeah, out there in the world. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah so it was, um, it was weird. And then I just started working with Sean and Evie, those like together because I did really... I think that like the fact that I was willing to take more chances for them right. on the corporate side than what anybody else probably would have because I saw what they were doing. I believed in what they were doing. Turn my mic up. For you. Take this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the road to the riches. Life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. All right, Hustle Fam, Hustle Fam, we are back with another amazing episode. And today, joining me, I have the money architect, Miss Vanessa Gant of ProVision Solutions. Accounting Solutions. I missed the accounting. Yeah. ProVision Accounting Solutions, which, I mean, I guess that pretty much tells you guys what she does. She does accounting. Miss Vanessa, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. It's been been a little bit since we've connected, but we've been connecting over the years many, many times, right? Right. For sure. So how have you been? I've been good. Yeah? It's been crazy, but it's been good. How, how's the business? Business has been um, very much so up and down, but great. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Got you. Ups and downs. Well, ups we love downs. ups and downs here on Truck and Hustle, right? Because everybody goes through them. So we're going to get into it. We're going to talk some trucking. We're going to talk some finances. We're going to talk some accounting. Um, we're going to talk about it all. We're going to talk about your story, how you got into this business. So let's start from the beginning. Vanessa, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? You're on. So I grew up in a small town called Holly Hill in South Carolina. Holly Hill. Country, country. country. Right? Is there, is, are there horses there with drawn buggies and stuff um, like that? No, but oh, you got okay. some hogs and some cows and some farms and the dairy type stuff. Yeah, that, that's okay. what happened. How many, how many people was population? Um, I don't know, you know. More than like 10,000? Probably. Probably okay. Five, eight. It's definitely okay, less but it's than small. Ten. It's small. Very small. Okay. D- definitely. Got it. Holly Hill. So small that everybody knew everybody. That might that's not a good thing. I all mean the time. that your teachers was usually your mama teacher, your grandmama friend. Yeah. Yeah, that type of stuff. Gotcha. So um yeah, I grew up there. Um right now, you know, I have three kids and my and a husband. Can't forget the husband, right? Okay. Can't three, forget three, that. three kids and a husband. We live in Somerville, um, South still in South Carolina. Um, background, no, I was a teenage mom. Um, kind of did everything backwards, you know, the whole, you know, the world says, you know, you get married, go to school, have kids. Well, I had kids, went to school, got married. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I like that. Did it all backwards. Um, even, even the whole school, the whole schooling thing. Schooling is actually what brought me into transportation. Okay. Um, my first job in transportation was um, at a freight forwarder's office that found me from the career office at my technical college. Okay, a freight forwarder's office that found you. How'd they find you? They were looking for someone for their accounting accounting department. Okay. And they reached out to the technical school that I went to um, for help 
I mean, someone from their accounting department. Got it. So just to put in the context, what's a freight forwarder? So people may not people may not understand what that is. So the freight forwarders <laughs> actually, um, what's the word I want to say? They put together or take care of the transportation of freight from overseas to the U.S. So they're handling everything from like customs, getting everything cleared, and usually connecting with the carrier. So I was in the account, see, and that's weird that you asked me that, because in the accounting department, it was like, what do they do here? Because really, I didn't. I didn't know. Right. But when I would get everything that came across my desk, I would read every single thing. So that's how I actually understood what was happening in trucking. Okay. So I was like, oh, this is what we do. This is how things get from overseas. And then, you know, we got to get it clear from customs. It comes to the port. It gets on the truck. Bam, I'm riding down the highway. That truck says Half Pack Lloyd. It said MERS. It says Costco Link. Now I know what it means. Because mm, gotcha. before I didn't. For sure. How, how many people work, worked at this office with you? Was it a big, um, a big company? It wasn't a big company. It was probably there's an import export office. There was maybe about twenty people mm-hmm. in the office. That accounting department was only three people. Um, all of the owners held positions there, and um, you know I kind of did what I had to do there. I got really good at accounting. That was my first accounting job. Um, learned a whole lot about the industry, um, but there's nowhere for me to go. Okay, what type of stuff? <clears throat> excuse me. Wow, <clears throat> what type of stuff were you accounting for? So it was basically like um, accounts receivables, meaning let's make sure we're getting paid for everything that's being cleared. Um, also making sure that, that I was paying, uh, it was accounts receivables and accounts payable, making sure that we're getting paid and that I was paying all of our vendors. Okay. All of the truckers that were doing things for us, making sure that all of our clients were paying us. And also at the same time, you know, there's that whole thing when it's coming to like the per diem and uh, like all the other extra charges, making sure that information was communicated to our clients. But remember at this time, I had no clue what the hell I would <laughs> No, no clue what right. this all was or what right. it even meant. Got you. But it opened your eyes and yes. expanded your mind to the world of transportation. It did. It, it <clears> kind of <throat> connected the dots between what I have at home and what I see on the, on the shelves in the stores, how it actually got there. Got it. Got it. Okay. Moving forward, what happens next? Um, so <clears throat> what happened, what had happened was this one day this guy popped up whose account I was handling. Um, who, you know, he was a carrier for us. And he just kind of came by, stopped by, you know, just wanted to see the people that he was working with. And um, he said that he was opening an office in Charleston and he was looking for someone to oh. work there. Okay. And if I knew anyone... He took us out. It was in disguise. Like he kind of, I can say it now. It was it was like a, a an interview in disguise? I was like, oh, you can just take us out to dinner. Not not me. Like let's take the whole staff. You know, the, the whole, whole team, team out. The whole team, so it wouldn't look like it was my interview. Okay. <laughs> so in essence, it was my interview. That happened in like April or whatever. And now, what kind of company does this guy have? A trucking company. Okay, he's a trucking was, company. Yeah, he was a trucking All right. company. And he's looking for. He's he's opening an office in Charleston, and he's looking <clears throat> for employees. So he doesn't know what specifically he's looking for. Just mm-hmm. like no. just people to. He's looking for people from other transportation companies, and basically, and he's figuring, hey, I, I know you because you've been handling my account right. here. So you must know what you're doing. Are you? No, not really. You may know some. You may know someone. He there wasn't. You go. He wasn't necessarily trying to steal me. He just wanted to know if I knew someone else. Gotcha. Okay. But I pitched myself. Got it. Smart. I pitched myself. Thirty days later, we're opening an office in Charleston. Okay, tell me about that. And um, what what is your role when you're opening this office? What's the title that? My, so my role in opening this office in Charleston, I'm just going to be an accountant. It was right. You're just kind of like there. Like yeah, you just wearing just, whatever just hat you there. need to wear. 
Um, but the thing was, he was like running this agency and he was, they were running the agency, but he didn't have anyone of his own. Okay. And I was going to be his own person. What type of agency? It was trucking. Truck- it was just trucking, just so, all trucks. So when you say a trucking agency, like what specifically did they do? Just like a- So they were just a division. Okay. They, they were a division of his company. Okay. But he didn't have any boots on the grounds in Charleston of his own. It was just Oh, them. got it. So they were like open up a domicile yeah. in Charleston. Okay, got like, it. So I was going to be his boots. Okay. Man, my first day. I pulled up. Mm-mm, it was done. They, they they were gone. What do you mean it was they? They, they decided they didn't want to do it anymore. But they just started. They was doing shady shit. Oh, oh I, can say that. I can say that. You can say that. Yeah, yeah. They was doing shady keep, shit. Keep it real. They was doing shady shit. So okay. the fact that he was bringing somebody in of his own, it, it wasn't going to work for them. So okay, so he didn't know about the shady stuff. No. All right, guys, Truck and Hustle has now partnered with Transpo CFO, powered by Venning. Transpo CFO offers a streamlined monthly subscription for businesses to consolidate their accounting, payroll, and tax needs into one flat monthly rate, saving businesses a tremendous amount of time and money while making their financial operations much smoother for the long road ahead. Check out Transpo CFO in the description below and tell them Truck and Hustle sent you. Now, let's get back to the show. But he was trying to bring his own team on, and you got there, and it was basically shutting down as you got there. Yeah, because I'm going to be exposed. So what, 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 do you know what the shady stuff or shit that they were doing? Uh, what was it? Yeah, it's spending. Okay. Like, there, there was some spending that shouldn't have been being done on things that were not business related. They were skimming off the top? It's kind of... On on expenses, yeah. Let's okay. just say that they were pushing expenses that weren't business related through the business. Pushing ex- okay, got it, got yeah. it. Like personal stuff, yeah. Like they're buying cars, mm. clothes, Mm-mm. houses. Who knows anything? Stuff, <laughs> just stuff, right? And you know, we we fast forward that we we get past that point and um, things just go uphill. I, I literally grew with the company from the accounts receivables, accounts, you know, accounts payable person to basically being the CFO of that company. Okay, so um, ho- hold on, because I'm, I'm I'm missing okay. a piece. Okay, so the company shut down. Right, they they shut down the the division that he was working for. They shut that shut down, and then you said then you well, said you grew the company. So I'm well, what to happened was the, the the agency model went away. The agency model went away. Got and it. And we just opened a a, a, a new a, company, a, a break and mortar, like an expansion. So it was like expanded. We just expanded. Okay. The original company instead of doing an agency. Okay, got it. So we expanded. Now the this is going to be company. like a traditional trucking company. Yep. Okay, got it. You yeah. guys have trucks? You guys have yeah. trailers already? Or? Just trucks. Cause so you power just have power trucks. only because it was port. Okay. So how many trucks do you guys have? Uh, when at you, that when time, you, um, you know, I think we opened up, what, about 10 trucks at that time. Okay. So so who's who's running this business? You and this gentleman? So in Charleston, I'm his eyes on the ground. Okay. The main office is in New Jersey. Okay. Got right. you. What, what, what account? They're doing ports, you said. Port, yep. Okay, Drage. got it. So yep. they're, they're doing Drage. All right, got it. Go ahead, continue. Yeah. Drage was the main thing. Charleston gets up. Charleston gets going. I'm the main boots on the ground. And, you know, then Savannah opened. And I ended up being, because I think Charleston was maybe like the second location that opened, um, I caught on really fast. So mm-hmm. I ended up being like his right-hand woman. In helping open the rest of these offices. Okay. So it's like, okay, you had a location in Charleston, you had one in Savannah, you had one in Jacksonville, Atlanta. Like, so they just keep opening, keep opening, keep opening. And again, that takes it back to yes, I have that accounting background, but now I'm getting all of this exposure to everything that's in trucking. So it's not really heard of that, you know, 
if you're in the back, you're coming up to the front and seeing right. everything that's happening in operations. But I wanted to know, call it nosy. I wasn't nosy. I just wanted it to connect the dots. Mm-hmm. Like everything that was coming across my desk, how did it happen to get to this point? Got it. Got it. Okay. So keep on telling the story. I'm, I'm listening. So, you know, we, we, we get through that and, you know, we open up all these offices. I had some life happen. How many, how many offices altogether? Twelve. Uh, Twelve offices, and you were a part of all those, Absolutely. all that expansion. Um, all, all that expansion, and, and these are all port related. Yes. Yeah, we we specialize in just port. Okay. Work. So you so so when you say open, you're actually going to the actual facility, the brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. Are you guys recruiting drivers yep. there? You're you know in, implementing whole, whole all staff, the compliance, like, the staff. And so forth, and you're kind of like overseeing that. I mean, I'm definitely a key a key part in that. Right, gotcha. Definitely a key part in okay. that. Okay. Um, we get to that point. We open up all these offices, and then we decided we want to make Charleston our centralized hub. Okay. Which means that our safety headquarters, our accounting headquarters, like everything was like in Charleston, and. Um, I would say that I, I was the I, I was the woman that ran that office. Okay. Um, with the entire accounting department, entire uh, safety department, um, I did all the driver payroll. Like, so if we, at one point, like I was literally running weekly payroll for five, 600, five to 600 drivers a week um, from everywhere from New Jersey over to Dallas. Got it. Um, just being, and I don't know, just, just being in a part of like being able to do negotiations between, you know, the shippers, being able to be that middle person between a driver and safety, just there wasn't a part of it that I didn't touch. Got it. And again, it was still kind of weird and unheard of because... She's an accountant. Right. Like, why does she know this? Right. Like, why does she even want to know it? Right, right, right. I because you. you have to. Like, if you don't understand their entire business, how can you help your client? For sure. For sure. Yeah. So we fast forward. So I know life happens. Um, I had some death in my family. I actually had a, a big one, actually, um, at work. And I dipped out a little bit. Okay. I, I checked out. I, I kind of left the industry. Okay. Got it. Um, I left the industry for maybe three, four years. Um but I didn't really leave it completely. I just couldn't do it every day because okay. I kind of got burnt out on it. And, and what, were you, what were you doing during that time? I'm just... still still doing like accounting, uh, director of accounting and human resources for a different company. Right. Um, and then I was just like, it's boring. I'm going back. Gotcha. So <laughs> and, so basically, it became a little overwhelming. You had some family personal issues. You didn't. We wanted to get away from like the hustle and bustle of trucking. Yeah. Right, because it was stressful. It was, yeah, it's a lot. Everybody knows that in this industry. So you went into like more of a relaxed, relaxed environment, right? But then it got boring. Yeah, went into a relaxed environment. Went back to school. um, Got my MBA. You know, raised my kids. You know, hang out with my family some, and um, I I got back into trucking, but on a different side of it. Okay. Um, I got back into trucking on the administrative side of it. But this time it was different for me. It was different for me because I wanted to focus on the people that were a part that were a part of my part one journey. There were so many people that least so a lot of owner operators and fleet owners leased on to us. That that was our model, and I saw all of the things that they were doing or not doing. Mm-hmm. I saw all the opportunities that they were kind of missing, and I was like, I want to help them. Got it. Got it. I, I wanted to help them. So, you know, I, I go back in. I stay in, not even going to lie, like half in it, maybe about a year and a half. And How do you go back in? Are you working for the same company? Are you going to another company? How does So, it I, I go back in. I don't a, miss any parts this, of the story. Just so, just so you know. This, I, you can't fast look, forward I, to anything I, I, I was me. trying to do that. No, nah, okay, it so, doesn't happen here. 
So I, I go back in with the same guy, but on a different side. Okay. On a different side. Okay. You know, we kind of go in on trucking administration, you know, some factoring, some insurance, not full-blown, like, trucking company type thing. So I, I'm glad you brought me back on that because I am, like, really well-versed in it. So it's, like, the insurance, the compliance, the factoring, like, I, I ran the factoring company. I came back this time running the factoring company, the factoring administration company. Oh, they, had a, they had a factoring company, their own factoring company? Yeah. Or was Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. A factor administration. Factor so I came, okay. yeah, came back came back on that side doing that. Still helping manage, you know, some trucking companies to a certain degree, but this is a more high level, more financial part of it this time. Um and I'm not gonna that it wasn't really complete burned out, but like I wanna do my own thing now. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've been in this long enough. I've seen enough of the industry. I was already kinda doing my own thing part time. Right. But now it was time to really get out and actually help. Like the owner operators, I mean, I know what it looks like to be a smaller mega carrier. Not that they even treat like the owner operators or the fleet owners wrong. I just think that they, the owner operators and the fleet owners, don't their mindset doesn't switch enough to take advantage of that situation that they put themselves into. Okay. When they're leasing on to someone. Okay. So I did that for about a year and a half, two years, and I just kind of was like, you know what? Mm, I'm just gonna go into my business full time. Okay. Got it. So you start your own business. So I've I've been doing the business since like 2018, like part time. Okay, got it. So you started officially 2018. Mm -hmm. All right. So how do you get started? What what do you do? You reach out to some of your people that you know from being around the industry. What do you do to get started? Okay, glad you asked that. When I first started the business, it wasn't even about accounting and, uh, and trucking. It was like personal finance. I told myself that I wanted to have a degree of separation between what I do at my job and what I do not at my job. So I try to focus on that. It was boring. So <laughs> it was, it was boring. I okay. mean, you talk to people about their money. I mean, it kind of gets bored. That, that's easy stuff. Got it. Um, but then um, I got started because I just started marketing that way. I was like, look, I mean, look at what I'm doing. Why not just transition that into my business? Like, why am, why am I out here trying to recreate something else in my business when it's easy to transition what I'm doing in corporate to what I'm doing in my real life? Okay. okay. And, that, and that made it easier. I had, already, I had already known all my clients because I've been working in this industry for almost 18 years. So I know who my clients are. Right. I know where to find them. Right. I know how to reach out to them. Okay. And a little bit of marketing puts us here. Got it. So what exactly, just to be very specific... Um, are you offering your clients as you you already have the network mm-hmm. now you just have to reach out and connect the dots what is the what is the offer what are you providing for them so i provide accounting and tax services mm-hmm. you know to the transportation logistics industry and i also provide them with advisory services because i've been in the industry so long so that's like the icing on the cake mm-hmm. like i can get your numbers where you know we can work your numbers we'll get your profit and loss statements we'll get your p&ls we'll talk about your growth but where's the advisory in the industry mm, advisory i like that that word. Yeah. So advisory, let's dive into that. How, how do you advise owner operators? I mean, let's start. Do you have any frameworks? Do you have any pillars that you kind of lean on to kind of start from the top and then be kind of drilled down a little deeper? Tell me about that. Okay. The top is I like to ask everyone, everyone, you know, comes into track and everyone, their first thing is they want to scale before they make $1, they want to scale. Mm-hmm. Right. So my first question is, how many people do you want to financially be responsible for? That's a great question. Yeah. You tell me. So, yeah, when, and I, when, when you shift that mindset, it probably makes you yeah. say probably not more than one. Yeah. So they, they, usually, they usually say more than one. So yeah. when they're saying like they want to grow, they want to flee the trucks, I try to help them like 
put that framework together. Okay. How many people do you want do you want to? Not that you you know, you have how many people do you want to financially be responsible for and then try to build your fleet that way. Okay. So if you're saying, hey, you know, it's, I got a wife, three kids, it's five of y'all. Let five be your, your target number. Oh, okay. I got you. So you're looking at like your immediate family. Like, yeah, immediate family. Okay. Yeah. Not even like employees. No. Okay. Imme- got immediate it. family. Because see, we that's had, interesting concept. We yeah. hadn't got to the point of employees yet. Okay. I'm with right? you. So, so, how many people do I want to be responsible for? So, like, let's take myself for example. Mm-hmm. Myself, my wife, the kids. Four people. Okay, four people. Yeah. We're gonna say our first goal is to get you the four trucks. Okay. I like that goal. Right. That's the goal. Now we're gonna sit back and look at where you are. Okay. All right. Let's look at your numbers where you are. Now we're going to kind of like reverse engineer it a bit. So we're going to look at where you want to go, where you are. Let's put a plan together to fill that gap. Now I can't tell you how to fill a gap because then they're not going to want to work with me. They think they're going to know how to fill a gap without me telling them. But, <laughs> but you, but you got to give them yeah. a little bit of the so, gap. So yeah, so it is. So some of the gap is one. You, so now we have the framework. One of my things is that I tell everyone, I don't care who you are, where you're starting based on my experience in this. And I have a lot in it that. Every truck should be grossing a minimum of 25K a month. A minimum? Minimum. Why? If you have a semi. Why? Because, let's be realistic, but fuel costs, insurance, driver pay, and then, you're, I mean, and then your miscellaneous fees, like 25K is going to be that sweet spot where it's going to get you to breaking even. Okay. Okay. Got that, that, that's a sweet spot to breaking even. So once you have sat back and you have figured out a routine to get you there, you can build anyway from anywhere from there. Got it. So the goal is 25K a month. There's, there's different variables around that goal. Yes. Right? So we have to pretty much work those variables around to get to that goal. So it's like once you gross it, like get yourself into the habit of being able to gross it. We can control the expenses to a certain extent. You know, the cost of fuel just went up. Well, it's going back down now. But, you know, fuel kind of got out of control. People were paying 22, 24% in fuel. And I had some clients where their fuel costs went up to like 38%. 100%. That's a lot of money. So that's not something that you can really, you can't control that, but you can control a lot of your other costs. Okay. And even when it comes to the fuel costs, no, if everybody wasn't spending all their money because they made a lot last year this time, you would have had reserves. So you would have been okay. Got it. I mean, there comes, I mean, something is going to always be happening in trucking that's going to affect what I like to call, when I'm talking with a client and we're doing their monthly meetings or quarterly meetings, I usually go from top to your gross to bottom your net income, and then we go back and discuss what happened in the middle. Okay. I like that. So what are some of the costs that we can control? Let's talk about that. So you can, honestly, you can control your fuel costs to a certain extent. Like, you know, you can uh, pre-plan your routes. You can make sure that you're fueling for your load and not fueling for the day. Meaning like, you know, we pull up to the gas home, we fill up, our, you know, we top our cars off. Like, why are you topping your truck off every time, you know, every time you pull up to the pump? Right. You can also make sure, I mean, make sure that you're managing your fuel because what happens when the driver has dropped his load, but he dead hits home? Right. You, know, you, you you killing your fuel costs. Yeah. yeah. And there's another key, something that I always look for when I'm looking at the profit and loss statements is that if I do not see an expense for a truck wash, that tells me somebody's not you know, someone's not paying attention to your equipment because if they're not washing your truck, are they pre-tripping it? I mean, are they like checking it? Are they looking at anything else on the truck? Which means that, you know, if your truck isn't being PM'd, I mean, you could be burning more fuel. Mm. Got it. So a lot of the times the profit and loss statement isn't always about how much money did I make, you know, how much money did I gross or how much I had left over. Looking the, for signs. Those numbers in the middle tells you a lot. Like if you don't even see a repair cost at least 
twice a month and that repair doesn't mean something major. If you don't even see a repair on your P&L, something's wrong mm. because who's maintenance, who's, who's checking your truck. Right. right. So those are other things that, that aren't necessarily about you like increasing your gross sales, but those are things, it's everything in the middle that's really affecting you. Got it. What are some other things in the middle? I, I like to talk um, about this. The, the middle, even when it comes to insurance costs, like if you're looking at your insurance costs, you know, you may understand that now it's time for you to shop around or you may even be realizing that the driver that you got ain't the right driver for your business mm. because of your insurance costs. Talk about that. Can you dive into that a little bit? How how the driver impacts insurance? I mean, you know, yeah, the driver MVR, sometimes we take that chance. Sometimes we get desperate. Sometimes we get desperate and we want to take the driver because we want our truck to move. And that's not always, you know, that's not always the right answer. Your truck moving doesn't always equal net profit. Correct. Right. So you want to make sure that you have a driver that has a decent or stellar, you know, driving records because it it directly affects, you know, your business finances. Okay. Okay. Or, you know, when you get to that point, um, where some people look at their profit and loss statement that time during renewal and there's no insurance payment and they thought they made a lot of money because they didn't have an insurance payment. Like, nah, it's just a time for the renewal. Like, you didn't make a lot of money this month. <laughs> it didn't happen. So insurance is definitely key. And just making sure that you have the right insurance. You know, someone that's going to, the cheapest isn't always the best. Mm. Um, or, like, making sure you have the right insurance for the type of freight that you want to move. Like, you know, uh, progressive is good. You know, it's, it's very common for people who are new to the end to go to go to progressive Um, because progressive is you know part of the risk retention pool like every state has to offer insurance to the people who are deemed to be uninsurable right right so but if you decide that you want to run port work or dredge work progressive isn't going to do it for you You because they you know they they won't pass a uia check so you still have to make sure that you're getting the right type of coverage for what you want to do Okay, got it. Do you have any particular tips for shopping around for insurance for anybody? Um, I would say with the insurance is a lot of people use brokers. Um, a lot of the times when you get more than one product from the company, they're more favorable to you. Mm. Like if you're getting not only, you know, auto liability, but you're getting workers comp, you're getting a stamp, like you're getting everything from the same person, they're more favorable. Okay. Got it. So and bundle it up. Bundle it up. And for the people sometimes who are still finding it hard, there are some, you know, some insurance companies that will, um, you know, they'll do your cost based on your mileage. Okay. So there's a couple of different options out there, but is it hard when you first getting started? Yes. Once you get past that two year mark, it starts to feel a little different. Okay. All right. So we said fuel consumption. We said uh, insurance. Driver pay. Driver pay. Oh my God. Driver pay. Let's talk about driver pay. <laughs> Hold on. All drivers, close your ears on this one. <laughs> Y'all might not want to hear what's about to happen next. You know, um, recently I've had some conversations with some clients um, when we started talking about their uh, their margins. And some of their driver margins have been high. And some of that is coming from, you know, a year and a half ago, a year and a half ago, it was really hard to get drivers. And a lot of people were doing what they had to do to get drivers. What is high? Um I had some people paying drivers 30%. Mm. That's a lot of money. Got it. So, again, a year and a half ago, that 30% didn't sound like a lot of money because rates were high. Right? Right now, that 30% is like kicking a lot of people up in the back because rates are going back to what I like to call historically normal. Mm -hmm. And that's an extra 6% 
that you're paying and driver pay that could have been in your bottom line that may be, de- may be determining if you have a positive or negative net income for that month. Got it. So what's a fair way to determine driver pay? And are there different ways to pay drivers that can maybe be more favorable to you? Maybe you don't want to do percentage pay. Maybe you want to do, you know, some structure differently. Can you talk about that? I would. This is like on a case by case basis, a case by case basis, depending on your business structure, your business needs and your relationship with your driver. There are some people that are, you know, there's a flat pay. Right. There's there's a flat weekly pay that you're getting. There's a pay per load. There's a percentage per load. There's no real way or there's no right or wrong way to do it, except you really need to pre plan what you're going to do before you do it. Meaning if you've already created a budget for your business, budget is a scary word, but even your trucking company should have one so that you know like what your range is for your driver. You know that once you have created your base plan, you can go from 24 to 28% or you're either going from 24 to 26% and that if you go over that, then it's going to start putting your business in, in trouble. Okay. Okay. Got it. You said business structure. What are you seeing in the way people are, are structuring their business? Are people making, uh, are there mistakes being made there? Can you speak to that at all? The biggest thing that I'm seeing with the businesses is that some people are prematurely electing their businesses to be taxed as S-Corps. Can you, can you expound on that? Yeah. So with the S-Corp, or they're listening to people, <laughs> the internet screeks telling them to be an S-Corp mm. because you'll save money on your taxes, but they're not telling you how. Mm, there you go. Be an S-Corp. Uh, yeah, everybody- Y'all want to be an LLC, you got to be an S-Corp. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So you can save money. <laughs> save money, yeah. But they're not telling you how to yeah. save the money, right? Click the link in the bio. I'm going to show you how. <laughs> okay, so if I'm talking to someone <laughs> and they go, I was like, hey, so what's your business structure? She's like, oh, I'm an S-Corp. And, and I do this. I go, why? I asked why. I mean, not that it's, I was like, no, I mean, I'm not saying that anything's wrong with that. I just right. want to know why. No you, shade. Yeah, I just want to know why you chose that. <laughs> well, you know, somebody told me that if I did this and I could save money on taxes, what did someone say? Well, did they tell you that you need to put yourself on W-2 payroll? It's like, no, they didn't tell me that. I was like, so you're you're not following one of the top rules of becoming an escort, mm. which means the owner of the escort has to be on W-2 payroll. That's how you save the money on taxes, because now you're able to write off your salary. Right. Versus if you were a single member LLC, they go, well, how do I pay myself? I, I just I put myself um, I, I, I process payroll for myself. What's your business structure? Um, LLC. Are you taxed as an escort? No. Well, you can't do that. Right. You can't do that. Right. So in order for you to pay yourself as a W-2, your business has to be an S-Corp or C-Corp. If you are a single member LLC, you can only do owner's draws and you pay taxes on it. If you, you know, if you are on payroll as an S-Corp or C-Corp, it's not a business expense. So that's like one of the major things. Got it. Um, The other is, um, well, that would be like not paying themselves correctly. Um, you have you to know, pay like like the S corp is like a reasonable salary, right? A reasonable salary. So this is how I equate to reasonable salary: is if you were doing this at someone else's job, how much money would you be making? Right. As, as someone else's job, not what they would pay you, not what you think you deserve. Right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a difference. Right. Or like, let's just say right now, like entry level um, dispatchers, entry level, entry level dispatchers are really making a lot of money. They're like 
40, no, not 40, they're like 55, 60,000 dollars. Yeah, I would say 40, like years ago, was 40. Yeah, it's probably about yeah, 50, so it's, 55. Yeah, it's, it's more like 60. Yeah, it's more, it's more, yeah, more, more like 60. Yeah. More like 60,000. Okay, bam. So if you decide that you want to be, you know, the terminal, you know, the terminal manager, the director, whatever, like you're now hitting more like 90 to 100,000 dollars. But here's the thing can your business afford to do that? Correct. So you can't just say, I'm going to be an escort and pay myself a salary if your business really can't afford to do it. Correct. So and if, which most people are going to probably pay themselves the lowest salary they can think of in their mind, right? Like uh, twenty thousand or ten thousand. Just, make up just, some ridiculous just so they can get the write off. I'm like, but you're is that a reasonable salary for your title? Right, right. So that that's one of. But you still can't do that if you don't have proper accounting in place and you don't have financial reports to determine if your net profit supports you electing to be taxed as an escort. Got it. Okay. So it, it all kind of ties back in. Okay. Okay. So proper accounting. Proper accounting. I like that. I like that term. What is, what's the difference between regular accounting and proper accounting? I mean, regular accounting <laughs> is like non-existence, but like, oh, I'm going to do it. <laughs> but right. like, I'm, I'm going to do it. It was like, okay, January come, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. Right. Right. And which, they, which a lot of people uh, uh, function on that, right? Yeah. I'm so get it done. They do, right? They, they the go deadline get, is coming up. They go get the QuickBooks. I mean, they literally get it, right? And they'd be like, well, I'm going to do it. They'd be like, well, I'm going to get QuickBooks, right? They get it. And they'd be like, I'm going to do it. Right. And it's almost September. They still hadn't done it, so they're about to call me and ask me to do it for them. There you go. All right. So what's, what's proper accounting? Talk to us about what you do. Okay. So proper accounting is making sure that you are categorizing all of your income and expenses correctly. Like it's not just about going and accepting that I, okay, I made this much money. I spent this much money. The buckets in which you actually earn the money and spent the money is really important when it comes to, you know, processing your taxes, because that's what it all comes down to outside of you using that information to actually grow your business or to determine the financial health of your business. You also want to make sure that you're tax compliant and that you are using those numbers in such a way to help you pay the least amount of taxes legally mm. i like legally the that's important money. yeah or i'll tell you this i'll give you this one example of me um discussing someone's financials with them like i'm looking at it like they i mean they're going all in for real all in but accounting is every, every the way that it needs to be but they're they just aren't getting what they want to get Okay. Right. When you say all in, you mean like they're hustling, like they're, yeah, they, they they hustling, like they hustling, like we got it organized. They just don't see the numbers they want to see. Okay. And um, he was this particular client was leasing his truck onto someone else. Now I have nothing against that, right? Because that's the world I lived in for eighteen years on that side of the table. Um, but some people come in and I'm not. They think about like truly being passive, that the only way it can only be passive to them if they lease onto someone else. So I looked at him, I was like, how do we get more money into your company? This particular client, um, we. At this point, what margins are they seeing? If you, if you don't mind, like. The margins he's seeing. At that, when you, when you have that discussion, is he in the red? Yeah. Okay. He's in the red. He's, he's in the red. He's in the red, but he's operating. Got are, it. Are, are, are really close to breaking even. Got it. Right. Okay. Um, and I was like, we, we got to make some more money. So now let's analyze everything. All the other numbers are intact. We have everything else in, in track. So now it's about how do we get more money, the advisory side of it. This is where advisory comes in. What are you doing? So he tells me, you know, he's leased onto someone else's authority. Uh, I dig in and ask more questions like, why? Like, are you still dispatching your own truck? Are you finding your own loads? I was like, why aren't you running your own authority? It's like, 
you're not getting, they're not giving you loads. They're not dispatching their trucks. Like, what's your benefit? Right. I was like, the only additional cost that you're going to assume by running, running on your own authority is insurance. We literally, this was in June. Okay. Of this year? Uh, June of this year. Okay. Um, I talked him into, advised him into running under his own authority. We talked more about the rates, increasing the rates, uh, going after more lanes because he had capacity. And we were able to increase his gross revenue by 135%. Oh, wow. 135%. Wow. So all it really takes is, not that that's all it really takes, but the key is like when you have someone on your team that actually understands your industry on top of understanding your numbers for just basic accounting, it can elevate your business to the next level. Got it. Was this guy a port guy? He actually, well... He was flatbed import. Flatbed import. And you said he had capacity, so he had yeah. multiple yeah. Tr- trucks, and they were all leased on to someone yeah. else. Okay. So it was just, I mean, so it just being able to be advised on, like, what does your cost look like if I go from being leased on to someone else and then run it under my own authority, but then also helping shift that mindset. Got it. Got it. Okay. So you were able to turn him around. So let's kind of get into that. I, I know that you have a framework um, or or I saw a list that you had about like the top reasons why trucking companies fail. Can you can you get into some of those? Yeah, that's my famous ebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 get into that famous yeah. ebook a little bit for um, people who haven't been exposed to it yet. Yeah. So these are like some of the you know some of I would like to say the standard things that you know you just really need to make sure that you're doing even when it comes to like the APUs and we go back to fuel right. Your, you know your truck idling. Just understand how you're just burning fuel while your truck is just sitting there, right? Um, not you know knowing when to finance equipment or when to lease equipment that that's that's big that that's can, really can you dive that, can you dive into I, that i can't like I, I feel like you want to I, I do because <laughs> I, it's a very big discussion by the way in the community i actually so someone invited me into their community okay and we were having this discussion and like i'm not against like leasing you know your equipment but he was dead set on you don't lease anything you you like finance everything that was really awkward because like you know he invited me into his community and it looks like we we're having a difference of opinion on what you should do with, do with equipment okay. so i'm pretty sure that was i was like you know we, we can agree to disagree there you go because i literally have a client that does not own any of their equipment they lease every single truck in their fleet mm. every single truck how in many their trucks fleet. do they have they have that's uh, Fifteen. How much money are they making? Uh, right now, I believe we're up to two point two for the year. Not bad. Not 2. bad. What, 2 ty- for what the type year. of margins are they seeing? Uh, they are seeing eighteen. Eighteen percent. Mm-hmm. Got you. So that's a net of what? Yeah. That that's eighteen percent after. after w- wait, wait. After have- being able to take six figure salaries. Okay. All right. So let's 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 dive yeah. into this. It's financing versus leasing. Talk talk about it. So financing versus leasing. This one so, will go viral. Let's 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 <laughs> <laughs> financing versus leasing. So leasing, depending on who you're leasing from and your lease plan, a lot of people like having the ability or knowing that I don't have to pay for repairs on these trucks. So that's one of them. So you're making sure that you have a plan that actually includes all that, right? Depending on who you're leasing from. If my truck breaks down in Oklahoma, I don't care because the same company that I'm leasing my truck from is going to replace that truck and I can just keep going. 
Right. And I don't have to pay for repairs. So it's that out of sight, out of mind where, you know, they just don't want that overhead and they found a way to still make money doing that without having any repair cost because of what they're leasing. Fine. And, and of course, with leasing, you know, that's 100% write off. Like you write off every single payment, every single penny that you pay for a payment, you get to write it off. Mm. Like you get immediate, you know, you, you get immediate tax relief on that. Financing your equipment, I like to think, Mm, if you got good enough credit, it's fine, but it can be strategic to your tax plan. Okay. Right. But, you know, the tax, you know, the tax and jobs cut act is kind of you know, messing us up a little bit this year because it's changing a little bit. What What's is that? Up? So, well, I'm going to tell you in a minute. Yeah, so, yeah, go ahead. What, what's go, that? What, yeah, we're going to circle back. So, with the financing side, a lot of the things that people, um, you know, get mixed up a little bit is that they just think, oh, I can write it off, write it off, write it off. I mean, it could be fine that you are writing it off, but why do you want to 100% depreciate everything the first year that you get it? So that's one of the major things about being able to finance equipment, in my opinion, um, when it comes to the tax benefit that you can get and how it will help you like tax liability-wise. Okay. Right. So- the difference is you don't get the same type of relief from leasing the equipment. You, I mean, if you have that truck for three years and you're leasing it, you get to write it off 100% at a time. If you bought, you know, a hundred thousand dollar truck today in 2022, you can do the bonus depreciation and write it all off today, like on your taxes that you're going to file. Right. Right. But the tax and job cut is, uh, it's not renewing. So that bonus depreciation is going away. So December 31st of 2022 will be the last right now, unless they change something. Um, the last day that we can use bonus depreciation just means that any day, if even if you bought a vehicle on that day on December 31st and put it into your fleet, the financing is done and paperwork is done, you can write off the entire amount on your taxes. Okay. Right. How that helps people is, um, you know, if you do have a, t- a high tax liability, the depreciation from that truck or from that equipment lowers your taxable income. Which in in return lowers lowers your taxable I mean your tax liability. Okay. Um, or you can just do the traditional way and you depreciate that truck over the course of the life of it. And let's just say it was a truck that was sixty thousand dollars. You depreciated it over the life of it, which is a three years. So that means you're getting twenty thousand dollars each year to help you lower your tax your taxable income. Which one's better? Um, it depends on what's happening for you in your life. Mm, got it. So you have to look at the big picture. <laughs> you have to look at the big picture. Okay, got it. T- more. Give me some more. Yeah, man. You, you, have, you have to look at it. It's, it's a strategy. It's a play. So it's like after you finance all the equipment, it just may be better for you to lease the rest of it if you can, depending on what your goals are. So everything is a depend on if you, depend on if or what your goals are. Okay. Okay. Got it. So like, let's talk about like your guy that you said you turned, uh, the, the guy who leases all the trucks, mm-hmm. right? So what would you say like his, his goal is and how could we like compare it to what you're talking about now? So, um, when I think about that client and their goals, like the, it's, um, it's a husband and wife team, like they're dope. Like I, I will tell you something else that, that helped them. Like the husband and the wife were truck drivers. Okay. They, they, they that made a difference that, that made a difference right. that, that definitely made a difference. Um, they really like where they are. So, you know, you kind of get to the point, you determine what your goals are in your trucking company. Then it goes, what's next? So what's next may not be transportation, but what next may be transportation is now fueling your next project, mm. which most of the time is real estate. Okay. Okay. I know that you have this, this list, this ebook, 10 reasons why trucking companies fail. 
Um, can we can we talk about? Can we Let's go through some it. of them? Yeah, l- right. l- l- let me pull it up. Let, me, right. let me pull it up. Pull up, so I pull get up all your phone. Pull up your phone. Okay, I got Let's it. get it. Let's get through. The, let's get through this list. I got it. I got it. So right. that and ebook. Then break them down. Break okay, them down the for e-book. us. Yeah. The ten financial mistakes that put fleet owners and owner operators out of business. Okay. Okay. Got it. So we're gonna go number one, right? Uh, mindset, right? Basically, you mm-hmm. thinking like a truck driver and not a business owner. Okay. This thing about truck drivers know how to drive the truck. They know how to get the load. They're going to go from A to B, but they forgot they're running a business. Gotcha. Literally forgot that you're running a business, meaning that you want to make sure that you're profitable. You want to make sure that you're profitable on this load, not that you're just booked. Not that you're booked. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, you so you, you want to make sure that you're profitable on the load, not that you're booked, because um, that that's really what drivers think about. Like, as long as I got a load, I'm okay. Mm. But how much fuel am I burning on this load? Like, am I even making money if I go from point A to B or B to C? Right. And even understanding that now as that truck, as the, you know, the business owner, what you're responsible for. And this is more for the people that go from a, a leased on mindset or running under someone else or working for someone else. That mindset now has to change because all the financial responsibility is on you. Mm. That's so important. You got to shift the mindset. The that's, mindset. That's because where it I mean, now you're responsible for the tags where you probably came from a place where they had a tag program. So again, like that's a business expense that comes along every single year. So why are you surprised when it's time to renew your tags? Right. But a lot of them are. Right. It's like, or if they at least onto somebody, they want to borrow some money to get their tags when they knew this was going to this happen every year. Right. 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 And gotcha. then yeah, you know the organization of actually running a business. Now, you want to make sure that you have your ELDs, um, you know, that you are, um, your compliance and your back office is in place. Like, it's no longer I'm just going to get in the truck and go. Mm. Got it. So that, that's major, right? Got it. Then yeah. we're going to talk about mm, the confusement of revenue versus profit. Okay. The revenue versus profit. I think a lot of people are confused. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of numbers on social media. Oh, man. Right? That's oh, man. profits, right? So let, let's talk about that. Yeah, that's important. The, the focusing on growing revenue instead of growing profit. Okay. So growing revenue, I would like to say, is the easy part of trucking because everybody can find a load, right? But is it profitable? And Or you have some people that be like, man, my truck ran every day this week and I still ain't made no money. Yeah, that's possible. Or, you know, everyone's gunning for, you know, the six-figure, the multiple six-figure, or even the seven-figure trucking companies. But what does that matter if you still have a negative net profit? Right, right. That's so it's fact. like I mean, you, you put all the hustle and bustle in to be a multiple six-figure, a multiple seven-figure company, but you still don't have the profits. Now you're sitting over here, you won't quit because you can't figure out, I did all of this and I made all this money and I still don't have any. Right. And what type of profit should you be seeing um, on average? I mean, you should really, you know, there are some people that would say, you know, the range in trucking is only from 15 to 25 percent. Now, you got to be real good to get to the 25 percent. But, you know, the sweet spot is right around 15, 18 percent. And what makes the difference between the, the, the 15 to 25 percenters? A lot of equipment, staff, support system, back office, loads. I like you just dropped that. That was smooth. Okay. Equipment, staff, support system, back office, and loads. loads. I don't even know how I remembered that to bring it back. That was pretty good. All right. Cool, cool, (laughs) cool. All all of that goes into play. Every single, there's not one that's greater than the other. Because even if you get the loads, but your equipment is down, it doesn't do you any good. 
even if you got the lows and your equipment is good, but your driver want to stay off for three weeks, it does you no good. Right. So it <laughs> no doubt. It, does, it doesn't work. No doubt. It doesn't all work right. at all. All right. What's the next one? Okay. Um, staying in your own lane when it comes. Stay in your stay, lane. Stay in your lane. Okay. Look, I can relate to this even in my own business, right? A lot of us start out and we want to do everything because it's ours. It's my baby. I'm going to do everything in my business. I'm going to dispatch the truck. I'm going to recruit the driver. I'm going to do my own IFTA. I'm going to find my own loads. And now you tired. You tired. <laughs> right. And you wonder why you're not making money. You're not making money because you can't do all those things yourself. So sometimes you have to stay in the lane that you are in. Right. Mm. If you can't dispatch the truck, don't dispatch the truck, especially if you're new. Hire somebody else to do it. Like you got to. I mean, yes, it's going to it's it's like you that thing would say you got to spend money to make money. You got to spend money on the dispatcher so that you can make money in your business, because when they're new, they're trying to do everything. You're trying to learn the industry and learn how to dispatch your truck at the same time. bro. You're not going to make no money. (laughs) That's right. None. That's right. None whatsoever. Like for me, one of the biggest pitfalls in my business for me was this damn social media. Mm. Like, you know, because everybody wants you to have a presence on social media. You got to have a graphic here. You got to have a graphic there. I would be spending days trying to do social media, right? And I would get, and I would, and I would get no clients because I wasn't working on like growing my business. I was working on social media posts. The minute I outsourced my social media, my entire life got better. Not just my business, my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Like business got better, my life got better. So it's like seriously, like stay in your lane. Do do what you're good at. I like to call it my genius zone. Do what is what is your genius zone and delegate the rest. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that. Stay in your lane. What, what, yeah. What's next? What's next? Stay in your lane. So I see what we got next. We got um, not depreciating your truck correctly. All right. So um, what had happened was I seen this one time. What had happened what? was I love when stories start with that. Go ahead. Um, you know, just making sure that, you know, the per- the person that you're working with, like when it comes to taxes or even accounting on a serious note, is familiar with your industry. Because what you don't want to do is get out there and depreciate lease equipment because you cannot depreciate lease equipment. You can only depreciate like equipment that you've bought outright or equipment that you're financing. So, you know, that's that would definitely put you in some tax trouble if you were def- if you were ever audited. Got it. So that was, you know, so we don't want to laugh on that. We're going to get, get to somebody to understand what you got going on. There we go. Right? Serious business, yeah. y'all. <laughs> um, you know, I'm paying your IFTA because we all know what happens if you don't pay your IFTA, right? Paying your IFTA. What happens if you, you don't know, pay I mean, your IFTA? Go and get your little self shut down on the side of the That's road because right. you <laughs> shut it down. Like, go and get shut down because you're not, I mean, they, I mean, they give you time. Yeah. They give you enough chances. Hey, listen, if you missed the deadline by that date, just pay your little $50 and go on about your business. Pay your little late fee and go on about your business. But you definitely want to make sure that you're doing that. Okay. Right? Okay. Got it. Um, you know, we talked about a little bit not using your APUs because, you know, burning that unnecessary fuel. Is definitely cutting, you know, it's increasing your expenses and cutting into your profits, right? Yeah. So, you know, make sure that you got a unit that's able to do that. Who almost, who not saving money for truck repairs and maintenance, baby. This is the one. This is the one. This is the one, yeah. This, this is the one. This is the one that going to put, this is the one that put everybody out of business. Mm. I mean, you know, it'd be like, you know, you, you like one repair away from being put out of business. That's right. Cause you got to save money. It's like that thing was, if you make money, you spend money. You got to save some of this money. You really got to have like a maintenance repair, um, maintenance account, a savings account. Like that should be a line item in your budget for your business. Mm. Even if you don't have any repairs that are coming up, you want to be able to budget for that every month. Got it. Do you add like PMs and everything in this yeah. account? All right. So maintenance account, typically what do you put aside for that or what do you recommend? 
So I, I, with the maintenance account, I definitely recommend putting at least 10%. Okay. You know, you can put 10% into that account and that that account can be for different, you know, for different reasons. It can be for your emergency maintenance, your scheduled maintenance, you know, even when it comes to like your tires, you already know how much a set of tires is going to cost for your truck. So like if you just kind of like just get average amounts of what's going to happen and make that a goal. And even on that percentages, I'm, I'm really big on on dollar amount goals. OK. Right. So let's just say if any big or major repair is going to happen, it's going to cost you. I'm going to go in the middle at least eight grand. Right. A set of tires is going to cost you. And I, I may be a little off on this number, maybe thirty five, four thousand dollars. I may be a little off on this number. Um, and then, you know, you just do like your monthly PMs and what that number is going to be. So you start to say, hey, I want to have a minimum of fifteen thousand dollars in my maintenance account. Mm. And then you just start building on that. I'm big on, um, you know, building to where you need to be. You know, you know, there's those people that if I can't save one hundred dollars, I won't save ten. Well, I'm going to save the 10 until I get to 100. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, and, and I, I want them to like get in, you know, get into that habit because like the number seems so big and so unattainable that they don't even start working towards it. But if it's like, hey, this is the goal for this account and make it a separate account. Um, speaking of accounts, I know this isn't on the 10, but I'm, I, I like relating business and personal. I don't spend money and pay bills out of the same account. Mm. Right. And yep. th- that should be the same thing, like for your trucking company. Your trucking company should have an operations account. I know for a fact that I'm getting off goal, but I got to say this part. Like, you need to have an operations account. And if you pay drivers, you need to have a separate payroll account because the last thing you want is your driver's, <laughs> your driver's deposit bouncing and your truck on the side of the road and you can't make no money. <laughs> you That's can't right. Make no money. That's Sorry, right. So I'm bringing it back. That just, that, that brought me back to, um, it just kind of, just jumped out at me when I talked about the maintenance account. You want it to be separate because you want to have your maintenance money like accumulating and not sitting it in the account that you spend money out of all the time because it may be, oh, uh, this extra thing that you think you need in business that may not even be needed, but you feel like you have the money there to do it. You're going to go ahead and do it because you see it in the account. And it could have been your maintenance money that you've been holding in that account in the, you know, the operations account and not in the account that it needed to be in. Because if, you know, that $3,000 was in the maintenance account, you wouldn't have thought you had that extra money to do that shiny thing that came up in business. That's right. That's right. Keep, and now you, and now you're kind of set up. Yeah. Keep, keep going, man. Yeah, keep going. Spitting fire. Um, paying too much for insurance. We kind of talked about this a little bit before. Like you, you gotta, you gotta manage it. Like you really have to make sure that you are paying, you know, the most reasonable amount of money for insurance. If there's something that you can pay for out of pocket and not having to do an insurance claim, you're saving money because once you got one lost run, they they gonna hit you. They gonna hit you. Like I, I posted something on my IG maybe a week or two ago when it was an accident that really was about a hundred thousand dollars. Like the tow was 40,000, you know, the, the repair to the truck, the cleanup, that was literally enough to put somebody out of business. But that client literally paid that money, put the driver in another truck, got the other truck fixed and kept going. No doubt. Because they actually save money for those types of things. And it's not always that, you know, when we're driving our personal vehicles, like, oh yeah, we're going, you know, we're going to just call the insurance company, but it's different than trucking. Because you call the insurance company for every single thing, you might as well get ready to like increase your insurance uh, costs by at least three to five percent. Mm. New entrants, what are they looking like for insurance these days? Um, Roundup. I know there's different variables. Uh, but. Eight, Eighteen to twenty thousand okay. a year. Got it. Okay. 
Got it. Yeah. And it's really nothing they could do about it to a certain extent. The thing that I try to tell them is that um, growing too fast as a new entrant is like a red flag to insurance companies. So you definitely expansion. Yeah. And I mean, they'll drop you fast. So it's easy to um, if you can build a relationship with someone and let them know what your plan is. As it relates to the growth of your company and, you know, you're working with your agent. So now it's not a surprise that you're doing all of these things and they won't throw a red flag internally. Got it. Got it. Keep on going. Let's go. Let's see what we got here. All right. We got two more to go. Two more. Um, Man, this one. I'm not talking about this one that much. (laughs) You know, misclassification of drivers. I'm not going to talk about Just know that. Just know this part. Just know the difference between who's an employee and who's a contractor. Mm. Right. Um, Understand what the rules are between who is a a contractor and who is an employee. Um, You know, employees, we provide the equipment and the tools that they need to perform their job duties. Right. That's it. A lot going on with that, especially <laughs> with AB5 now in, 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 in California. California. Right. Yeah. So that's huge. And I think it's moving to New Jersey next. It's, it's definitely going to move around yeah. like the plague. Um, that's been an issue for a long or a discussion point for a long time. I mean, right? not not only on that side, but also from the insurance side. Um, when it comes to you, you know, you being the fleet owner, um, if you are listing all all of these people, that means you got to pay the workers comp for these people. Correct. So um, I encourage business to business relationships to help uh, minimize um, some of that. So if you're going to have um, a contractor working for you, um, I'm going to highly suggest that it's a business to business relationship and that that person is being paid in an EIN and not a social. Right. And they have their own workers comp and yep. so forth and so on, which a lot of people no, don't have. And I mean, and, and it's, a lot of people don't have it because a lot of states don't require it. Correct. No, it, it depends on like how many people you actually have employed that determines if you, you know, need to get the workers comp. So definitely making sure that you are um, in tune with your state requirements. But when it comes to, you know, who's a, you know, who's an employee, who's a contractor, I'll tell you the, the, the con to it is that if you have someone that you are paying as a contractor and they, so decide that they wanted to be disgruntled because, um, you know, for whatever reason, and they report you, you know, the Department of Labor will come back to you and they, they're they going to want you to pay payroll taxes yeah. on all of the income that you've paid that person, mm. which could be a really big number. For sure. All right. Number we, um, yeah. number 10. Yeah, we're on, we're on number 10. We're on number 10. We're on number 10. What's number 10? Um, my, number 10 is like one of my favorites. Okay. It's uh, not taking into account uh, the four seasons of trucking. Okay. Let's All talk right. about that. The four so, seasons of trucking. Yeah. The four seasons of trucking. Are we talking Are, about like produce season? Are we talking yeah, about yeah. Uh, peak season? Talk, let's yeah, get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Produce season. Seek, where, where, where are we going to go? We're going to go. I can't even see it right here. So we are going to um, go into produce season. We are going to go into peak season. We're also, you know, the holiday season, um, all of those things. So I'll, I'll go back to starting from the top. You know, Drage was my world. Port is my world. I'm the first quarter dead in the water. <laughs> dead in the water. So right now, you know That's what I mean? slow season. Yeah. So Drage is popping right now. I've seen everybody. Everybody want to do container work. Everyone's doing Drage. I was like, did, did anybody tell y'all that, that the first quarter of the year is crickets? That is literally... 
I like to call that planning season for people that are in dredge because this is where you're going to like you're connecting all of your dots. Like, you know, you're building your relationships like you're reaching back out to the people. You're even at this point, like making sure that, you know, your internal staff, your driver staff, your equipment, like those are the things you really should be focusing on in the first quarter. And that's normally because, you know, dredge is being affected by the Chinese New Year. You know, yep. those ships aren't really moving. Everything's really shutting down. But people get really scared during this time, especially the people that come from peak season and they made all this money moving all those containers. And it was like, oh, I'm going to buy more trucks. And then they, you know, they bought these trucks, right? Because peak season was moving. And now at the first quarter, they tight. Mm. They scared. They don't know how they're going to make their truck payments because they ain't no work. But it's only because they didn't study what they were doing. Hundred percent. They didn't study what they were doing, so that that's one of them. and like you just don't be making dis, uh, business decisions off that peak season money, <laughs> right? Like that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. So right. you don't do that. Yeah. So you know you run into that. You know it's like and it's kind of dead in the water for a lot of people. So it's a not even just drage. Like it's a, the domestic stuff is moving, but during that time, a lot of people aren't making a lot of money. They're breaking even, which is good at that point. Your goal on that point is you want to make enough money to keep your driver. And to take care of your equipment. Mm, that's the goals. That's the goal. That's what. That's where the management of that peak season money comes in at. Like not for us to like ball out of control like for Christmas and like, you know, we're going to go and upgrade our personal lifestyle. Like that money got to float you for the first quarter. There you go. Definitely. And, you know, in the first quarter kind of ends and, you know, pe- you know, the containers are moving again in like mid-March. But now you're moving into spring and, you know, you got, you know, the sweet potatoes and like all that stuff is <laughs> all that stuff Produce is moving. Season. Yeah. Produce season. All that stuff is moving. So now you're ready for it. Right. You're, you're completely ready for it. Summertime is hitting you. Those reefers. High commodity, like that top of the line. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And we're going back into peak season. So that's normal. Like that's that seasonal stuff. But. What you really need to know is like the season for your business. You know, that's that's the four seasons of what I like to call trucking, but your business could have seasons too. So like for instance, I have a client that in the month of April and May, she kills it. She kills it because she's running flowers. Flowers. Yeah. That that's the season in her business. When she's looking like she already knows how much money she's going to make in those two months. She already knows that none of her drivers going on vacation in those two months. She already knows that in March, she's going to make sure that PMs are done on her trucks because she wants to be set and ready to go so that nothing happens on those loads for on those flowers. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. The seasons of trucking. You yeah. are dropping jewels, yeah. man. I love That's it. That's where the money is. Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay. All right, so so with your experience, how many clients do you have now? Are you are you working with on a regular basis? So on a regular basis, we have about fifty clients we're working with on a regular basis. But that number goes, um, that number does increases at different times of the year. So there are people that we see on a semi annual basis, people that we see on a quarterly basis, and we do a lot of projects also. Like you know those people that say I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those guys, right? Those guys. All right. So what what are you seeing? What's the climate of trucking right now? Uh, with your clients, I mean, obviously you have to name who they are, but what what's kind of the vibe out there? A lot of people want to get into trucking. Is this the time? Is it not the time? Should you wait? Kind of talk about what's what's going on in the industry right now from the, your perspective. From my perspective, the vibe of trucking is never going to go anywhere. Mm. Like it's always going to be something in trucking. So for the people that say, oh, I'm going to wait until the fuel prices go down. I'm going to wait until equipment go down. It's always something like, you know, first it was we had no freight. 
then we had no drivers. Then we had no trucks. You know, it was, it's going <laughs> to... What's the next Think excuse, right? I mean, it's, it's going to always be something. You're so, right. I mean, but at the same time, understanding that trucking is never going to go anywhere because how do we get everything we have? It's coming by way of a truck at some way, shape, fashion, or form. 100%. Right? So what I've seen is I've definitely seen my share of people go out of business this year. I have. And some of it is because... Um, some of them got into the business, in my opinion, for the wrong reasons. They got into it when it was a shiny object, right? Um, some of them got into it because they felt like it was going to be quick and easy money. And there's nothing easy about it. But also, I feel like I have um, held the hands of quite a few people um, over this year of getting them to stay in the business. Helping them understand that, listen, what's happening in trucking right now is the survival of the realists. Mm. That that's just that's the plane of it. The people who are going to be willing to weather the storm, because, again, it's always going to be something. So it's either now you're going to deep dive into your business and truly get to understand your business, understand the numbers, like understanding everything about your business. So, you know, that if and when this season happens again, you're just going to sit back and sail. Yeah. Do I have people that, yes, that went from. This same time last year, because we use the numbers as historical data to compare it, the same time last year, their profits were up 20%, but they were actually uh, negative. Yeah, it has happened. But they had their companies have been so profitable that they had reserves to cover them. Right. You know, you start, you start growing your fleets and you start getting to eight, nine, ten trucks. You know, at, at some point in time, you may have three or four trucks down at the same time. That's going to decrease your sales and increase your expenses, and you're probably going to be negative that month. Yeah. But it's okay. Like an average person would be upset and get scared about that. But the person who understands their business and is in tune with their business and their numbers, they understand that this is just part of the process. So again, there are a lot of people that are not making as much money as they made last year simply because of fuel costs. Really, it is fuel costs. Yeah. Um, and then there are others that kind of got in on the high and the spike in fuel costs shell shocked them. They were like questioning, should I close the doors? I don't know if I should still do this. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I was like, no, it's going to be okay. So I just kind of take their numbers and show them where they were, you know, compared to a month ago or last year and why they are where they're at now. And it's because we see that spike in fuel, it brings them back to a calm place because they, I mean, they, they're doing what they can to control it, but they're understanding that it won't always be that way. Right. And understanding that if you did lose money for two to three months, it doesn't mean that your business is bad. It just means that it's part of what's happening in the industry. You know, that that whole thing of you're going to always make money in trucking is a lie. Hmm. Uh-oh, I'm getting in trouble. With that, right? <laughs> you might. Another viral yeah. moment. Go ahead. I mean, it is like you're you're not go- you're not going to always make money. Every month isn't going to always be profitable. If it is, that is great. Save for your rainy day. But there are going to be times realistically that it doesn't happen that way for various reasons. Like the person who has, you know, 55 trucks and you got 20 truck registrations being renewed in the same month. That's not going to feel good. Right. So, you know, just understanding what happens are if that one month you didn't have a profit because it was your insurance renewal. Okay. It's, it's a reason. As long as you understand the reason for it, then it's okay. Yeah. But, you know, it's it, overall, you should be good. 
I love it. The money architect, Vanessa Gant. So listen, I I think we we covered a lot. I know. I feel like I've been talking. We covered a lot. I think we went A to Z. I don't think we missed anything. Is there anything else that I missed? Like anything else that you want to put out there? Or I I just want to make sure we cover everything. I don't know. Because you've been giving so much info the whole show. I don't know, Sarah. We missed something. What do you want to get? We missed something. It was it something. Did I get all my wins? I get fussed out about that a lot. Wins? Yeah, because like I, you know, I I don't really talk about a whole lot about what I do with clients because mm-hmm. it's just. I'll... Well, you did. You talked about the one client that the the one who has a fifteen trucks, and you definitely got some yeah. wins in there. The ones you turned around, definitely. We can do that. I mean, no. and then they, the one that we were just kind of talking about, Sean and PG, and I put their name in there. We can like flip that. Like they, they are literally. Um, uh, I don't feel no type of way about about sharing this with them because you already talked to them. I think we're up to like. Um, Hold up, before you say that. So, oh. so let, let's. Okay. Let, no, nah, we're good. Okay, but okay. but let's let's just kind of talk about some of your success stories, right? Because I'm okay. sure there's people watching this right now. They're like, man, she's going in. Like, t- tell us about some people that you work with and like some of the some of the wins that 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 you have, or, or some of the losses, like or or you know the goods and the bads. Let's talk talk about yeah, it. The goods and the bads are um, because I work with clients at all stages, right? Um, the people that are just starting to have one truck, I got a sweet spot for them because I always want them to succeed. I want them to know that they can do it. You know, middle, you know, companies that have, you know, three to six trucks and then, you know, people that have 55 trucks, right? Right. So you're rolling. Um, and the success stories will be where the guy that has one truck and like we have his budget, we have his revenue clear and he's good like completely got profitable every month and he doesn't he's not concerned about scaling he's not concerned about like going to the next truck or getting three more trucks but it's like helping helping them feel good about their number and their business their tax liability their profit so that sounds good right that sounds good that feels good yeah um and helping a client that feels like Vanessa I I it's time for me to shut down I was like but it's not mm. let's deep dive into your numbers let's let's figure out what the problem is and let's create a solution. And that client literally went from wanting to close their doors to adding more trucks to their fleet and increasing their profits by 10%. Nice, nice. And who, who's your biggest client? My my biggest client, I can't tell you who they are. Y'all might try to go work with them. <laughs> Let me see. But what's their so, size? Give, give us a description of what they look like. Um, my, my biggest client um, has uh, about 55 trucks. Um, their revenue, what is this? This is, um, this is August. I would say, uh, we are definitely on scale to do 50 million this year. That's a nice little Um, amount. Yeah. To do 50 million this year. Um, also by adding more trucks to the fleet and, um, more prideful about this, I know we have actually gotten into the place where now, you know, you can buy your own art, their own yard space, uh, their own mechanic shop. Um, and like build their own office. And the key is like in this is not to just make money in trucking, but to actually fuel more assets out of it. Mm, got so, it. and I always said the numbers to me are the easy part. The strategy to get into the end goal for my clients is the good part for me. That's the part you love. Yeah. But you know, I'm not just going to sit here and act like, you know, all my clients are successful. 
you know, because, yeah. you know, the industry is up and down. You can't control it. Um, you know, some people want to get out of it and some people need to get out of it, honestly. So, you know, I do have some clients that have, you know, exhausted themselves on the business financial side and the personal financial side. And it just made sense to close the business. Got it. You know, this is where you get to the point of not having to sell your equipment, take your losses and, you know, reassess what happened and decide if you want to come back into the business. Um, it's a high, you know, high income potential business, but also a high risk business. Got it. Got it. Now, that's 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 real. I appreciate the transparency. The big client, are they are they port? Port that, yep, they're port work. Gotta love them ports, man. Port and, it's money, yeah. money and imports, boy. Um, port and some drive-in. They, again, there's a season, right? Right. So we, we, we've identified they have, they also have a drive-in season in their business. Got it. Got it. Nice, man. All right. So I, I think we've covered, covered everything. We're gonna, we're gonna start to wrap. Before we wrap traditionally, we have to do two things. Number one, we have to give a final thought. Which you know you watch the show, right? And then number two, we have to let everybody know where they can learn more about you personally and more learn more about the business, right? Mm-hmm. So first, plug the business, let everybody know where they can reach out to you on social media, mm-hmm. yourself personally, the business, and then we're gonna give our final thought. We're gonna leave oh off wait, with that. what is our final thought? That's the hard part. What's that, the final man, thought? you've been giving final thoughts what's all the, day. What's, cut what's cut the it final out. Thought? Cut it out. What's the final thought? Spiritual, uh, uh, entrepreneurial, motivational. What would you leave me with if you want to just, you know, motivate me? I got you. Okay. I got you. So where to find me at first? Where to find you at first. Go ahead. Let's, okay. let's get it. So, um, you know, you can find me on IG as uh, The Money Architect. I am on Facebook as The Money Architect. You can find me on the World Wide Web at Provision Accounting Solutions. And um, the hmm. final thought. Look, what? What you say? What is it? I am the. Really? Somebody, I am the money architect. Somebody changed that. <laughs> somebody, somebody changed like, it. Like you me. said, you do what you're good at. The, the people in their zone of genius for your social media. Oh, I'm, I'm so they change it, and then you didn't I'm, even know. I'm so, I'm so serious. So that, okay, here we go. So you can find me on IG at I am the money architect. You can find me on Facebook as Vanessa Gant, the money architect, and you can visit us at our website at ProvisionAccountingSolutions.com. And what I would like to leave you guys with is understanding that business is serious. The numbers tell the story. It tells where you are, where you've been, and where you want to go. Don't leave that part out. Mm, that's a powerful close. If you can't respect that, your whole perspective is whack. Hustle fam, you know what we do around this time. If you smell something burning, it's only a desire. Myself, the money architect, Vanessa Gant. We out. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, Don't be dumb, this is the place to come, truck and hustle, let's go!